I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are rolling along on a Thursday get up. We come to you live every weekday morning above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. That's Nico, that's Graziano, Vince Carter, Brian Winhorst standing by. Bart Scott will be here. Jam-packed we are. Tons of football on the menu with a huge game tonight. But there's only one place to begin, and that was Denver last night where LeBron's Lakers were in desperate need not only of a win but of just looking like they had some idea what they were doing offensively. But that would not be the case. Here we go. First quarter, this is the Lakers. They're going to get the ball back on a turnover here, and Anthony Davis is going to throw down a dunk. But watch the end of the play. Look at Davis immediately grabbing the back. He does not look comfortable at all. Nico shaking his head as he can see it. Meanwhile, uh, LeBron James can still do this. Flying through the air with the greatest of ease. LeBron would have 19 last night. Still showing you flashes uh, of what he has always been, but not getting as much help as he clearly needs. Final seconds of the half. Jamal Murray down low. Can't get it to go. LeBron for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis going to put it up and good. He would score 22, add 14 rebounds. This game was tied at halftime, but now third quarter and here's where it goes south. Lakers are down by five and I just want you to watch Davis. He's number three. He's under the basket. He's got the circle around him and watch as he goes up and immediately grabs the back. You see the discomfort. We're going to go the other way. KCP is going to knock down a corner three, but that's not the story here. The story is back at the other end of the floor. Anthony Davis would stay in the game, but he's just obviously not fine. Nico, take another look there. You see him? Yeah, instantly when you grab your back like that, something's zinging you. So hopefully um, they can get it sorted out. So many issues that he's had over the course of time. Then the fourth quarter, the Nuggets just put this one away. Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, the floater, the foul, 31 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists for the Joker. And now Lakers down by nine. LeBron wants a call. He's not going to get it. Christian Brown is going to lay it in on the other end. Denver just pulling away. After that play, Darvin Ham wants a a, a call. He's not going to get it. He's going to get assessed to technical. The frustration is boiling over. The Lakers are 0-4. And LeBron, after the game, didn't have a lot to say. What did you see as the difference in that third quarter when Denver made their push? Uh, At one point, we was outscored 29-11. How do you balance the sort of looking at the four losses so far at this point in the season with just everything going on? What do you think the biggest thing you guys have to do to turn it around? We're going to make some shots. I mean, some of it's early season stuff, obviously. Um, Obviously, you know, like I said, it's a new system. It's a new group of guys together. So, look, the frustration is there, and the numbers are historically bad. Russell Westbrook didn't play last night, but even so, the Lakers are shooting 22% from three. I want to put this in context. I cannot say this any more strongly. That's the worst three-point shooting percentage any team has ever had in any four-game span in the history of the NBA, which is an extraordinary statistic. We will talk more about this with Vince Carter and Wendy a little later in the hour. In the meantime, from one all-time great who was struggling to two others, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, they've combined to lose five consecutive games. 
In a recent interview with People Magazine, another all-time great quarterback, the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner, who is not known as just a hot take artist, had these thoughts on these aging quarterbacks. He said, I think both these guys look like they're exhausted. It's okay to go, you know what? It's not how it used to be. I may not be who I used to be, or it's just too hard overall to get everybody up to the standard. Maybe it is time to walk away. Again, that's Kurt Warner, who went on to say in that same interview, I feel for these guys. He's not taking shots by any means. Quite the contrary. And if you know Kurt, he's not that type of person. Anyway, he's, he's calling it like he thinks he sees it. And, in, and particularly in the case of Brady, someone that you've known so well for so long, Everyone has made the, the comments here. We don't know exactly what's going on in his personal life, and it's none of our business except he himself has said he's got stuff going on. Maybe that's weighing on him one way or another. He just doesn't look like himself. What do you see? Yeah, I, I mean, it, and look, and as a former teammate and a friend, I, I watch him, and it, I feel bad for Tom in the situation that he's in right now if he was to look back for the few days that he was retired. Yeah. And if he had a crystal ball, he probably would have just continued to stay where he was at. And he was so close last year against the Rams. And with the team that he had and the roster and the names on this roster, I'm sure he looked at it like, I'm, we're right there. We're so close. But there's so many things right now that just don't look right for this team. And maybe it starts at the head coach where those where Bruce Arians leaves there's a different mindset there maybe that's you know something different that that guys are trying to adjust to and it's going to take a little bit of time but at this point right now with the issues the offensive line losing losing the starting center right off the bat um, a bunch of injuries across the board um, and Tom getting beat up yelling at his teammates throwing tablets uh, and then all the other stuff that I don't want to get into it's just a, you look at it from a distance and you're like, this doesn't look good for a guy that's 45 years old trying to deal with all these things at once. And everyone's pointing to Tom like, well, he can fix it. Well, he can fix it. And sometimes that pressure can be a lot when it's not just one guy on a team. It's the roster that has to play better. Yeah, I mean, I think Kurt's comments are, are interesting. I mean, about both these guys, right? Because they had different reasons for coming back. Rodgers is, is legacy-focused. Right, he wants to win a second Super Bowl. He wants to, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want that to be hanging over his head that he won it early and then couldn't get back there. And Brady, I, I, honestly, I don't know why he came back. Honestly, I mean, it seemed like he could have walked away pretty easily. Uh, but I'm not inside his head. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, it, it's there are very few good endings. Yeah. Right. Like I mean, in sports, like it's, it's very unusual to go out the way that you, that you really would Rare. want to. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I think he came back. I, I'll tell you why. I did. I did it the right <laughs> way. But with that being said, I felt that everyone is different. Every single person has a different mindset on how they approach the game, when they want to leave the game. Yeah. A lot of guys, there's a feeling that you get when you walk out into that stadium, and you'll never get that feeling again. You know, I had it every week. When I would play Sundays, you get that feeling you're, you're starting in the National Football League. You're playing a game you love. You, see, you feel that when, you're, when your child's born. You know, I only experienced that three times when my kids were born. It's mm -hmm. like that rush. And ever since then, you can't, you can't go play pickup football with pads on. It's like unlike basketball or golf or baseball where you can kind of get the same feeling. You can kind of get it. Once you say, I'm done, you're done. And a lot of guys have to go through a tough process Sometimes it's injuries, 
But there's only three ways. I've said this many times. There's only, there's only three ways that you leave the game. It's their way, it's your way, or it's injured. That's it. There's no other options. I'll tell you why I think Brady came back. Because very, very few of the all-time greats walk out on their own when they're still at their best. Yeah. He played so well last year that maybe what he needed for his own ability to have closure on his career, the greatest career in the history of the National Football League, was he needed to see for himself that he couldn't do it anymore. Well, that he, if he was he away from the game. Good. Not that good. He's he he looks good. He doesn't look like Tom He's, Brady looked last year. Now, that may not be exclusively his fault, but but he's not the same player he was a year if ago. Your offensive line isn't running, isn't blocking well. Your running game isn't there. Your receivers are dropping perfect passes over the middle that would have been touchdowns. All those things add up. They add up. When he has talked in the past about when will you know it's time, he tends to say something along the lines of when I when I don't feel like I, I'm good enough to compete for a championship anymore. And so you may be you may be on the right track there. I just don't know that that, that I, I'm with Rob. I'm not sure that that has arrived for him yet, as difficult as the early part of the season. Well, he's got 10 more games left yeah. this season, and we'll see if he finds out. This is a guy who set his own personal high for touchdown passes and yards passing last season. He was still at his very best at 44. Look, a lot of things could turn around, and maybe it starts tonight. So let's dive into tonight's game. The Ravens are in Tampa. This is a very interesting matchup for so many reasons. First off, it's the second ever meeting between Brady and Lamar Jackson. The first came back in 2019. The Ravens beat the Patriots on that game 37-20. Lamar, meanwhile, is three touchdown passes shy of having 100 passing and 20 rushing in his career. Tonight will be just his 66th career game. The only players to reach those milestones faster, Josh Allen and Dante Culpepper. Meanwhile, the Bucks are coming off a stunning loss at Carolina last week, 21-3, just the third game since Brady got to Tampa that the Bucks failed to score a touchdown. So we have just talked a great deal about all the issues that we see with Brady and the Buccaneers. How about a quick moment on the Ravens, who actually need this game infinitely more than the Buccaneers do. The reality is the Buccaneers, as bad as it looks, are still in first place in the <laughs> decidedly mediocre NFC South, and that's being kind. With Cincinnati and Joe Burrow looking like they're on the ascension, yeah. this is a big game for Baltimore tonight. A lot of questions about Lamar Jackson and what we've seen from him, particularly late in games. What do you think from Lamar tonight? I think he's going to have a big game. I, I really think that Lamar's going to go out there and play well. The Ravens, I'm picking the Ravens to win this matchup. You look at Tampa and the injuries that they have defensively and offensively, I think that combined on a short week, losing a bad game against the Panthers, I, I think that that's a tough thing for this team to overcome. The Ravens, obviously, they have to win this football game. Like you said, Greeny, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks and kind of the NFC, that division, they're still leading the division right yeah, now, the Tampa yeah. Bay Bucks, and they don't look great. So they're kind of in, the, in the, the position of if they don't win that game Thursday night, tonight, then it's not the end of the world. If the Ravens lose this game and you start to fall behind Cincinnati and Cincinnati looks like they're getting hot, Joe Burrow, he's looking like he's getting more confident right now. This is kind of a must-win game for the Ravens. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I also agree with you, Lamar. I think the Ravens are – the Bengals are definitely doing what you said, but I think the Ravens are a little bit too. And they've played better than Cincinnati in the early part of the season. Uh, they've just been blowing those fourth-quarter leads. I think the defense looks like it's starting to get it together on that front. They're, they're getting healthier. Uh, they're not getting healthier on offense. They don't know if they're going to have Mark Andrews tonight, and that's a big deal. But – you know, Lamar can carry a lot of that, and, and I think they're just generally in better shape uh, than the Buccaneers at this point. So, yeah, I, I expect Lamar to have a big game, and I expect that I think that I think that race in the AFC North 
is going to be a lot more fun, fun and high fun. quality <laughs> than the race in the yeah. NFC South. Yeah. We will see. I mean, to put the picks up on the screen there, uh, Bart Scott will be with us shortly. He also likes Baltimore, and I can tell you I like Tampa for two reasons. One is because everyone else here likes Baltimore, and it never goes that way, but maybe more importantly. You do that every, do that every week. 79% <laughs> now, but this, this is what you should be paying attention to. 79% of the public money is on Baltimore tonight. Mm. When 79% of the public money is on one thing, it only happens 21% of the time. Those aren't exact wow, numbers. That's crazy. But I'm telling you right now, it's pretty close. Yes, I don't that's mean it literally that way. But if 79% of the public was right all the time, they wouldn't have all those big buildings in Las Vegas. That's yeah, the only that's thing true. I can tell you. That's all right, true. as we continue, uh, we opened the hour with it. It was another terrible night for the Lakers in Denver. And if you think it was bad for LeBron's team, it may be about to get a whole lot worse. And you'll hear why as the hour continues. And then, as bad as things are for LeBron, they may be worse for Russell Wilson. Why, it's not a stretch to say the dysfunction in Denver may be about to bring big change real fast. That's on the way. This is Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back. And the great Bartholomew Scott has made his way into the studio. Faster. Faster. Bart. Here we go. Bart. 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 You explain. Party. Well, you explain to everyone. What happened? Show why starts, it is. Show starts at 8 today. Yeah, what, what, I don't know if that's what a exactly fine. happened today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I'm a early fine. For, I'm early for tomorrow. All right. Um, that's good. Better sleep here. I, I pull up to the garage. We've all been there being players. You pull up to work and you're like, ah, I don't have my uniform. And I look at Pop the Trunk, no suit. I had to go back through the Lincoln Tunnel twice. I made it. I was nervous. Well, 
That's not as bad as last week. I left two suits on the top of my car and drove, drove home. <laughs> so I lost, I lost two suits. <laughs> two nice suits. <laughs> on the roof of my car, I did a backtrack. It's 8 o'clock at night. I'm looking for my suit yeah. bag. Gone. Somebody's, think, somebody's wearing a nice suit. We've all done what Bart did, and yes, no one know. has ever done what Nico <laughs> yeah, did. Never, never I, had, I was on the phone with my mom. I had my suit bag. I had my bag. I put the suits on top of the car. I put my bag in. I'm FaceTime with my mom. We're talking about the dog. We're talking about life and I started driving and all of a sudden I go oh no yeah I'm on the interstate doing yeah. like 70. Boy you Aaron Rodgers why are you blaming your mom man? Eh? You're not. Sorry Ma. You're, not, you're not making this any better. Oh, okay <laughs> let's Two look suits. ahead let's try and dive into some NFL conversation here if we can and let's look ahead to some of Sunday's big matchups in the NFL and it starts Ninko with the 49ers and the Rams who's the x-factor like, in that game? Oh it's gonna be what did I say? I, I, was, gonna say, I was gonna say McCaffrey in this <laughs> but it's gonna be Shanahan because he's, how is he going to use McCaffrey? So now he has an extra piece. You have Kittle. They have to have a bounce back. So I really think that Shanahan is going to have to use that, that offensive guru mind of his and, and use McCaffrey to the best of his strengths and every other piece that they have offensively. So, yeah, game I, I was thinking about my suit. In the NFC West. Bart, Patriots, Jets, who's the X Factor? Oh, man, we're going to get all that stench from the last 10 years, Ricky Bobby. It's going to be Jordan Whitehead. He's going to have to come down and be big in a passing game, but, oh, he's going to be a big factor in the run game. As we know, with mac and cheese throwing them hand grenades last week, he's not going to put it in mac and cheese hands. They're going to try and bludgeon the Jets. They got to be up for the task to do that. They need Jordan Whitehead. Graziano, giant Seahawks. Who's the X Factor? I got Marquise Goodwin, the wide receiver. Ooh, Come on, touchdown last week. DK Metcalf it seems like he, he's likely to miss this game. So the Seahawks are going to have to play their, frankly, explosive offense they've been playing all year and get ahead. Because you can't, if we've learned one thing this NFL season, you cannot let the New York Giants hang around in the fourth quarter. They are going to beat you. Geno Smith revenge game. So all those are interesting. Meanwhile, let's talk about Seattle's former quarterback. Because as the Broncos head to London to face the Jaguars, Russell Wilson says he used the eight-hour plane ride in an interesting way. Listen. First two hours I was watching the film. Get, watching all the cut-ups and everything else. And then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working on my, working on my legs and everything else, you know, making sure I'm ready to rock. Uh, so that was good. And then the last two hours, of, the last hour of that, I, I, watched, I fell asleep for one hour, and I watched the film the rest. Oh, my goodness. All right, so, uh, Bart, what, what, what? High knees? I wish they would have hit turbulence when he was doing high knees. <laughs> like this dude, he just don't get it. He don't know how to be one of the guys. He wants to make it about himself. If I'm a teammate of his, first of all, you could have came to the facility early and got a real workout on some real equipment instead of doing high knees. How, much, how did you get lacted, you know, all lathered up to do that? First of all, you didn't take a shower, so you're not a good teammate because now you stink. I don't care if you had Old Spice or whatever on. Lastly, like, why do you have to tell the world about it? Once again, this oh. is Russell Wilson shining a light on him. Look what I did while my teammates were resting. I was working. Well, guess what? We played last week. You didn't. How about that? Show up for work. Oh, man, this dude Wait a minute. don't get it. Wait a minute. <laughs> show up for work? Okay, that may not yeah, be yeah. Today may not <laughs> be the day to talk about showing yeah. up for work. But it is a but I, I made it. We're up here. Yeah. You know, yeah. my back is sore because I was uh, carrying you early in the we've show. Talked, <clears throat> put my, put my, put pardon me. We, we've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady this week, right? 
here's the one thing we can say for certain about both of them. Their legacies are secure. Yes. There's nothing that can possibly happen that changes the fact that Brady is the greatest of all time and Rodgers is one of them. Russell Wilson came to Denver to create his legacy, to put it in stone. I can't believe how badly it is starting, that this team is as bad as it is, that he has become the butt of the jokes that he has become to the point that it is, and it's not just Bart Scott making these kind of points. Ninko, what are we seeing? How badly has this started for Russell in Denver? Bad, very bad. And uh, you can see the the pressure that he is fe- – I feel like his pressure comes out in that nervous talking energy, right? Like he feels it, so it feels like he has to talk and, and you know, smile about it and talk about how he's doing high knees, getting ready to go. Um, on the plane, which you should just, you know, watch yeah. – read a book or something. Well, what's the seatbelt sign on? Like post a normal post. thing. Like read a book, watch some film, post to keep uh, play some fast. cards. You know, what would we do on the plane? at all times. We'd yeah. play cards. You, you know, interact, you interact with your with teammates. Team. Um, you know, I won 1200 bucks off Tom once. He was mad, really mad about that. But, again, you, you, you look at where he's at, where this team is at. I picked this team to like win the division almost, like yeah. be up in the top, and now they're yeah. they're just completely way far away from where that is going to be. Where, where are they going to be the rest of the season? It's going to come down to Russell Wilson. Can he play at a high level? I don't know. Here's the reality, Green. Right? If they lose this game, they have to start selling off assets. Yeah. And you look at Melvin Gordon. You look at Jerry Judy last week on the sideline looking like with the last time we saw Russell Wilson play, they're like, man, listen, you bleed it like K.J. Hamler. So you, you're married to him. You gave him a quarter of a billion dollars. So you got to move the pieces around him because these guys aren't won over. So they got to bring some guys that they don't know. He has to have a fresh start after he had to have a fresh start, you know, in Seattle. Like, who knew that Geno Smith was the winner? They, they won that draft. That, they won that trade. Like, they did win that trade. It's a really interesting point here because we talked earlier about whether or not they might fire their coach yeah. if things go this badly GM? this Sunday. They might also be making a lot of other kinds of moves. Look, a lot of their star players have been talked about in trade conversations. Yeah, look, Bradley Chubb, the edge rusher, and Jerry Judy, two big names that are getting talked about in trades. Melvin Gordon to some extent, but it doesn't sound like there's a whole bunch of market for him. Uh, th- those, those two guys, young players, you know, star caliber, high pedigree players, I think they're getting interest. And as a result, the Broncos are asking a lot. But to Bart's point, like if they lose, that changes their out. The trade deadline, first of all, is, is, is Tuesday. Right. It's Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern. So a lot of teams will make decisions based on this week's results, whether they're buyers or sellers. And the Broncos are in that zone for sure. But, yeah, it, it's gotten ugly fast. And, you know, the point about the contract – he did that contract right before the season yeah. with two years left on his previous deal, and it was a pretty team-friendly deal. Yeah. Like, that, that's... He, he knew. That's, right, that's <laughs> he what I'm knew, saying, he knew. Right? I ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know, no, but, but, but it, what he... What he uh, it could be, be the act of someone who said, this could go badly, and I'm... This will insulate me from, even if not blame, uh, consequence. Exactly. Right? And, and I think that's, that's the result of that, whether it was the intention or not, and... Man, the dynamic there sounds really bad. Super quick. You pay somebody that much money, you trade away some key pieces for them, and it doesn't work out, it looks like this. If I'm the owner, that guy got to go too. He, but he can't. Yeah, I know. They can't afford- him. I know. Can't. I know. Yeah. The guy who made the decision. The guy that made the decision. That's what I'm saying. What not, not the guy that got paid. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. the guy. It, that made it's the unfathomable decision. that in two months this thing has been undone yeah. to the point that it has. We'll talk more about it as we go. Meanwhile, we're also going live to Green Bay as we continue. Aaron Rodgers has been pointing fingers as uh, fingers as the Packers struggle this week. How the Green Bay quarterback is taking matters into his own hands. We'll go there live as we continue. Plus, a little sneaky hembo time for Graz. 
Who is the only <laughs> quarterback to miss the playoffs after back-to-back -back MVP seasons as Aaron Rodgers very well might? Get those knees up. He's doing high knees. I don't have to high enough. And the Some answer is next. Get up on ESPN. Let's rock. You know we definitely Get rock. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We're back on Get Up, and here we go with Dan Graziano. So Aaron Rodgers is in some danger of missing the playoffs this year. He's won back-to-back -back MVPs. There's only one quarterback ever to win back-to-back -back MVPs and then miss the playoffs the following season. Who is that quarterback? There's only four quarterbacks ever to win back-to-back -back MVPs anyway, and one of them is Rodgers, so obviously it's not him. Uh, it, it, so it, it's, it's Montana, Farvin, Manning. I think Montana's MVPs kind of came later in his time there. I, I'm going to say Joe Montana. That's correct. I and I make no secret one. of the fact yeah. that I was rooting for you. You've lost a few in a row. Yeah. Hippo has been very, very But he's stormy. not here. I think he kind of he might have mailed this one in a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Hembo was at a wedding, so that's a whole other problem for you know, a whole other You know time. what might have made the difference is the high knees. I think that that got you yes. ready for it. No question <laughs> about it. And then you slept a little and watched some film. Mm -hmm. Graziano, 28-22. His that's lead is back up to six. Uh, we will see how that continues, but that was a good one. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is the topic of conversation, and he has a huge one in primetime on Sunday night, facing off against the presumptive MVP this year, and that's Josh Allen. So Rodgers has had issues this season, specifically getting the ball downfield. 6.5 yards per attempt. The worst of his career is the pace. Meanwhile, he's been pressured a lot. His QBR outside the pocket is just 37.2. The only time he ever finished a season with a lower outside the pocket QBR was 2018. That's the last time they missed the playoffs. Their receivers are also candidly terrible. They've dropped 14 balls so far this year, 10 in the past two games. That's the fifth most of any team this entire season. And that led uh, Rodgers somewhat famously on the Pat McAfee show the other day to really start talking tough about his teammates, question whether maybe some people needed to be benched. That caused a stir. Yesterday, asked about it by reporters, he doubled down. People don't think I need to air that stuff out. That's their opinion. But I'm doing what I think is the best interest of our guys. And I've tried a lot of different things from a leadership standpoint this year. And 
you know, I was just relating my personal feelings on the situation. I didn't call anybody out by name. I'm alerting everybody that this hasn't been good enough and we all got to do a little better job. You know, if one of those guys has a problem with it, I'm right here. You know, I'd love to have a conversation. Everybody here laughing in the room. We'll get them in in a minute. But one of those reporters standing there was our very own Rob Domofsky, who covers this team so well. What can you tell us, Rob, about the reaction inside that locker room to the stuff that Roger said? Greeny, it was supportive, at least from the guys who spoke yesterday. Now, maybe the guys who weren't in agreement just chose not to speak. But veteran receiver Sammy Watkins said, if you're screwing up, then get me out of there. I'm with Aaron on this. If I'm busting plays and I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not helping the team, then get me out of there. Interestingly enough, Watkins said that he screwed up a couple of plays late in the game, but he called it a wake-up call. Veteran cornerback Rasul Douglas on the other side of the ball said, isn't that the way it's supposed to work? The guys who make the most plays should play, Douglas said. And then he said, look, I don't disagree with anything that Aaron said. All right. And, and, and I, you know what? Stay with me, Domofsky. Chrissy, come out here for a second to the, because Bart is jumping out of his seat to react to some of this. Why? What is it about that? It's not about what you say. It's how you say it. It's a decorum that goes on, especially when you have a young team. Oddly enough, we have two quarterbacks that are Hall of Fame quarterbacks that handled the situation completely different, right? You have Patrick Mahomes, who lost his number one weapon, and you got Aaron Rodgers, who lost his number one weapon. Well, what did, what did Patrick Mahomes do? He brought guys down to his home, and he built chemistry. They're playing Fortnite, Call of Duty, whatever, right? I don't want to say that because maybe it's a bigger generational gap between Aaron Rodgers and his young players, but it's his responsibility to coach them up. You're either coaching or allowing it to happen. And listen, nobody else is coming in here, right? Like, like Devontae Adams not coming through this door, right? This is what you have. So you have to build them up at some point. You can't continue to kick them while they're down. Maybe if you would have had some chemistry and you would have showed up for OTH, you would have knew that, listen, I can't turn this guy into Jordy Nelson. I can't turn this guy into Greg Jennings. We need to make a move now. Now it's too late. Now you're wishing, hoping for OBJ or hoping for a DJ Moore. And now he's saying that, hey, I'm hoping that we get exposed against Buffalo because I think that will be the tipping, the tipping thing to make this organization do something that they thought it doesn't traditionally do, and that's mortgage the future for the present. And I think that's really what he was saying when he was saying it's good for us to be an underdog because they're going to get the brakes beat off them against Buffalo, and it's going to be a call to action. That's a really interesting perspective, and frankly, I don't disagree with almost anything you just said. So, Domofsky, let me then come back to you because you know the inner workings of that locker room better than anybody. How would you describe, at least from what you have been able to see, the relationships that Rodgers does have and the leadership that he does display with that team? Is it the problem that some people here speculate that it is? Well, Greeny, it hasn't been any different than any way he's led in the past. The difference, obviously, as you guys just talked about, is the players that are here. There are no Jordy Nelsons, no Greg Jennings, no Devontae Adams, no Guys that are really used to Rodgers' leadership style. It's not that Rodgers has changed the way he approaches the locker room or changed the way he addresses the team, but the guys around him just aren't used to that style, and at least not a lot of the guys around him. He's still got a couple of guys like veteran Mercedes Lewis, who, look, Mercedes Lewis is one of the guys who spoke up after the game as well in the locker room and said, guys, this isn't good enough. We need to lean on our work which is essentially what Rodgers was saying. The difference is Rodgers said it out in public versus keeping it behind closed doors. And I will say this, Greeny, Rodgers did admit yesterday, he goes, 
That was the only thing different about what I did was I said what I said to them, I also brought it into the public, almost acknowledging that maybe that was his mistake. And, and, and look, Nico, you said earlier today, you don't have an issue with Rogers saying things the way he's saying them, but we also all laughed when Rogers in front of his locker said, hey, if anybody has a problem, yeah. they can come talk to me. Who's doing that? <laughs> yeah. Romeo Dobbs is not walking up to Aaron's <laughs> locker and saying, hey, Aaron, hey, hey, we've I got an issue. I here. didn't see that part quoted, but I would say that all, everything else that he said about holding guys accountable, and I understand that. You have a young receiving core, young rookies, which I said this when they drafted these guys, and everyone was saying they'll be fine, the rookies are going to be great. No, no, no. You have young players. Talk about this, rookie wall. Remember, remember the rookie wall yes. we talked about when we were players? Mm -hmm. You'd see a rookie come in, and right around November, you look at the rookie, be walking through the halls like a shock. zombie shock. in shock because they haven't had a day off since their college, since they left college and went to the for combine, for the combine yeah. for the combine prep. Then they get drafted. Then they go to um, their rookie Longest year symposium. Then you go to your rookie uh, camps. Then you go to training camp. Then you go to a regular season. You have Aaron Rodgers. Now you have pressure. You have pressure to be really good, to be a really good football player. And then you have Aaron Rodgers on top. I don't have an issue with it. <laughs> Call out the players. Yeah. But, I mean, what are you going to do if they came to you? Well, and, Nico, in November, I mean, this has been a, a problem from the minute that it started. We haven't even gotten to November yet, and they're dropping balls right. on him left and right. If this is about to get Bad. worse because they're about to hit a wall, then I don't even know where they're going to go from here. So <laughs> let me just get a final thought from Domofsky on this again. It, what would you – if they do lose, I, I don't know anybody who thinks they're not going to get blown out Sunday night in Buffalo. Stranger things have happened. But if this does go the way we expect it to go – should we expect to see something significant happen, let's say, by Tuesday's trade deadline or anything else? Well, Greeny, that's the thing. I asked Rodgers this yesterday, you know, in response to his, hey, if the guys uh, aren't making plays, they shouldn't play and somebody else should get a shot. I literally asked them, and I kind of chuckled when I did it, Greeny. I go, who else do you think – who else do you have? <laughs> like, there's nobody left. They've tried – they have literally played every – receiver who's on their roster they've also promoted a, a guy from the practice squad a couple times there is nobody else that I don't know who Rodgers thinks should be out there unless <laughs> general manager Brian Gutekunst does decide to go out and make a move that's not necessarily their history Greeny but if they went all in to bring Rodgers back at 50 million bucks a year maybe they change course and actually do make a move that said I'm not sure one player makes a difference all right, well, we're going to find out, or maybe we're going to find out. We'll see. Maybe they surprise everybody and play a big game on Sunday night. We'll see. Domofsky, outstanding work. Everyone stay where you are. Much more football as we continue. But I need to run the floor. NBA action last night. The Nets fell to the Bucs uh, to move to 1-3 and three on the season. Giannis led the way with 43 points. Ben Simmons didn't get a whole lot done last night uh, for the Nets, and so their struggles continue. Meanwhile, in New York, the Knicks defeated the Hornets in overtime, led by a big night from Jalen Brunson. Brunson had 27 points, 13 assists. The Knicks are now 3-1. They've looked a lot better with the acquisition of the point guard. And then we open the hour with this. The Lakers extending their winless start to 0-4, losing to the Nuggets 110-99. Lakers extending their shooting woes. They hit just 26% from behind the arc. I will say it again. No team in the history of the NBA has ever had a four-game stretch at any point in a season in which they have shot the three worse than the Lakers have done in the first four games of this season. So here's Vince Carter and Brian Windhorst who are with us. And, VC, let's pick up where we, we left off when we were talking about this a little bit earlier this morning. You were making the point. LeBron James has done everything right since he got to L.A., and I think I agree with you. So what should the Lakers be thinking about doing now for him? 
I, I, I mean, make it right. We know Wendy said earlier they're, they're trying to hold off, if not wait until next season. But when you have LeBron James on your team and Anthony Davis, where whether he's in his the top, whether he's the top five player or not, you have to make you or put the players around him to win. Like LeBron James' window is short, and, and yes, we're we're in awe of his age, and I can speak on that as far as playing into you know almost into your forties, and it's amazing what he's doing, but. Put the talent around him. Put the pieces to make this team better. Yeah, maybe they don't win. Maybe, you know, whatever. And you don't want to give away what you want to get. But, but like, to go through a season to just allow this to happen, I, I just think it's just going to shatter your locker room. And they're going to – I don't even know if they will make it to the end of the season. So, so again, Wendy, I, I will continue to remind the audience that you have been covering LeBron James literally since he was in high school so if anyone could maybe try and guess what is in his head right now, you made the point earlier. He re-signed. He chose to re-up with the Lakers. He took all that pressure off them. He's committed there for a relatively long time by his standards and NBA standards. So what do you think is in his head? What do you think he is hoping will happen now? This is really a test of the Lakers' discipline because I'm sure there are a lot of people on the team even who are like, we have got to do something to address this roster now. But if you make a half-measure move now that only makes the team marginally better and you take the opportunity to make the team significantly better long-term off the table, you're going to be at a net negative. Right now, the Lakers are scoring every 100 times they have the ball. They are scoring 97 points. To put that in perspective, the last time we saw a team score like that at this point in the season was the 2015-16 Sixers, who started 1-30, and 30, okay? So the Lakers are playing not just bad for LeBron's career. They are playing offense historically horrible. So what you have to believe if you're the Lakers is that this offense is going to improve somewhat. They are not going to continue to shoot the ball this poorly. One of the things that they can do is take Russell Westbrook out of the starting lineup, which I think you will see going forward. The other thing is they just need some guys to have a couple of marginal shooting nights. If they continue to play this way defensively and they get just a little bit of shooting improvement, which historically it almost demands it, they should get close to playing more high, you know, more of a mid-level team. But that's all they're going to be this year. And Vince, if they were to trade those Russell Westbrook and their picks for, you know, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, we'd be talking about mm -hmm. them as a play-in team instead of comparing them to the Bobcats in 2012 or the Sixers as trust the process. I don't think right now, even as hard as it is to watch them night in and night out, the smart long-term move is to is to go all in for marginal improvement, and they're going to have to eat this Westbrook bleep sandwich off of this trade through this season and try to clear the palate for next year. That's their reality. It's a tough situation. And Vince, let me get a final word from you on Westbrook because I mean, I, I can see in your face just how dejected you feel for all of them. And for Russell Westbrook, this is a guy who a year ago was named to the all-time 75th team. He is a genuinely great player. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He was coming home to Los Angeles where he grew up, and now it has gone so badly. Now the idea that going to the bench, most people seem to think he does not like the idea and doesn't want to do it. Take us inside that mentality. If Russell is watching right now, what would you tell him? I'm going to take you into my reality. Uh, I was once in that position. I was once that player that was the go-to guy, the franchise player, and had to really face this same reality. And it's all about what you're willing to do. And, and, and how can you 
still be the player that you think you are or you want to be or can be in your new role. And that was kind of my situation is that I was like, okay, I still want to play this game. I still want to be the best player I can now in my new role. How do I go about that? So I started to watch film because then you look at somebody on the flip side, like an Allen Iverson, who people felt he still could have played the, the, this game much longer than he did, but he did not want to accept that uh, bench role or reserve role. So it just depends on the player. And Russell's going to have to sit in front of a mirror and decide which one is going to be. Do I still want to play this game? Do I still feel like I could play this game at a high level? Which he can which he can. He's a Hall of Famer, and he's still a darn good player, but he's going to have to decide right now in this situation, this is what it's going to be. I have to come off the bench, and I can still be an impactful player, but right now it's just, I think it's the mental game for him accepting that role, which is the problem, which adds on to the circus of the Los Angeles Lakers currently. That's such good perspective there. VC, Wendy, awesome. Thank you both. And I've got a good doubleheader coming your way tomorrow night here on ESPN. we got Bradley Beal and the Wizards taking on the Pacers. That's our first game, 7.30 Eastern. Then we'll see maybe Zion comes back to play. The Pelicans will be in Phoenix taking on Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and company. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up, Zeke is hurting. Dak is working his way back. The Cowboys' rivals just made a sneaky, huge move. Why these are five enormous days in front of the star. Next, get up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's run the hurry up on this busy NFL day. Dan Graziano, news across the sport. What's going on with T.J. Watt? The Steelers uh, returned him to practice yesterday, which opens a 21-day window for them to activate him from injured reserve. That doesn't mean he's going to play this week, but at some point in the next three weeks, they have to decide whether to activate him or leave him on the shelf for the rest of the year, encouraging that he is back and available to practice. Uh, Robert Quinn traded from the Chicago Bears to the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday for a fourth-round pick. Eagles giving up one of their many, many 2023 draft picks uh, in order to shore up their pass rush for the stretch run. Eagles, as you know, are undefeated uh, and have their eyes on the biggest of all prizes this year. Quinn, they believe, will help them with that. And then uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys running back. This is one to watch. In this practice yesterday with a knee injury, there is some concern in the Cowboys building about whether he will be able to play uh, in Sunday's game. This video obviously makes it look very painful. Zeke said uh, he wasn't sure about whether he'd be able to play. Played through a knee injury last year. Uh, obviously, it affected him. But with the Cowboys' bye coming 
next week, it's possible they decide to hold him out and give him that extra rest. In a game that they may figure they can win without him against Chicago, although the Bears played a little better. You should have seen the faces of both these guys when they oh, saw the video of Zeke getting hit in the knee. But but let's in the, in the moment that we have here, let's focus on the other piece of that. He just talked about Robert Quinn going to the Eagles. Sometimes we get like, you know, like an arms race. Yeah. The Eagles have made a move. Do the Cowboys need to make some kind of move between now and Tuesday to try and match and still win that division? Well, I think they did, right? I mean, they, they think bringing in Jonathan Hankins is going to shore up their run defense because they need a big fatty in there to allow, <laughs> you know, to allow Parson and allow Lawrence to be able to come. He knows he's chunky. Yeah. He's a little thick, okay, big, 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 big boned. Big you know what I mean, but I think they, they need to consider making, you know, another move, right? We know, like, Jerry Jones, listen, he's been around the sun 80, what, 80 times? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I remember coming in and hearing the stories of Art Modell, you know, going all in because he wanted to win a championship before, you know, he moved on. As he got older, you know, yeah. And, I, and, you know, you look at, you know, the fact that maybe Jerry Judy is available. They need to get another weapon for that offense. The defense is sure up, but this game is about putting up points, and they're going to have to put up points because, because all the things that they've done that was good this year, they're still in third place. They're in third place in their division, yeah. but they're also probably well, – some people might look at them and say they're at minimum a top four team in the NFC in the big picture right now, and wherever those playoff games are played, they, road, though, Greeny. there's no one that, I get it, but there's no one that you look at in that conference with maybe the exception of the Eagles and say, Cowboys are going to have a very tough time with them. Do they need to make another move? Do, do, do they need something else on their roster to be able to go head-to-head with Philly in a playoff game? Uh, yeah, I think they need another weapon offensively. Something, but you don't want to also sell a first or a second round pick with that in the process. Yeah. You, you want to try and find some good value here. And you talked about the Broncos. If they if they lose, let's ride. maybe they'll be let's ride and some of these guys out of here and <laughs> making sure that when they go to another team, we can get some draft capital here. So, I, again, when you look at just the NFC in general, yeah. across the board, yeah. it's poor. It's it's not great. Oh, it's so terrible. the Cowboys, I mean, they're going to have to so just that's why you go all in right team. now. They just need to beat one team. Right. But wouldn't you be that's surprised the if they go on a roll, that if they lose to Minnesota, if they're not the – they don't win a division, they got to go on a roll. Going on a roll, you can't take that for granted. That's the point. But here's the point that I made earlier this morning before you arrived, which is – Looking at the Cowboys right this minute and having done what they did without their starting quarterback and looking at the condition of the NFC, I think anything short of at least making the NFC championship game will be a failure for this team. So is there a move they can make between – I know, understand they got Bart's friend, the big fatty. Is there anything else they can or should be looking at between now and next Tuesday? What else is out there? I mean, look, there are receivers out there that you could get, but the prices are pretty high. Who are they? Like, like, I mean, Jerry Judy from the Broncos. I don't think the Panthers want to trade DJ Moore. It's always available. Brandon Cook's available. He's got $18 million guaranteed next year. Just right? Do you want to pay that? Like, I, 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 I think if there was a player that Jerry Jones could add to the roster that he felt would guarantee them going from playoff team to championship team, he would do it. But I also think he's been around the sun enough to know that that's not how it works, right? He's been through the overpay phase of his career as an mm-hmm. owner, right? He's, he has stretched well, and traded picks for tell, players tell, and tell that to how, it didn't work. Tell so, that to Harry Roseman and tell that to, I, to I the Rams last year. I, I understand what you're saying. Now, Rams get Von Miller, right? Hall of Fame difference maker last year. They get Odell Beckham. They get lucky. He actually got cut, right? So that wasn't a, a trade. They didn't have to give up. So I, I think you look for your strategic moves, but the Cowboys feel like they're they're pretty good. Like, they, they just went 4-1 and one with their backup quarterback. Yeah, but well, who beat them in the playoffs last year? The San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. What did the 49ers just do? They just All made in. a very aggressive move 
to go get Christian McCaffrey. Let's see. The NFC is there for the taking. Let's see if the Cowboys try and take it. Meanwhile, first take will take over at the top of the hour here on ESPN. Outside of the playoffs, Tom Brady has faced very few must-win games in his career. Is he looking at one tonight against the Ravens? Stephen A., Molly, and Bart will debate that. First take follows us here on ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, don't miss fight night on Saturday night. Vasily Lomachenko versus Jermaine Ortiz is the 12th round top-ranked boxing lightweight main event Saturday exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Our coverage from the theater at Madison Square Garden begins at 5.30 Eastern in both English and Spanish with the main card at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Did you really leave two suits on the top of your car and just drive away? Yeah, I did. Yeah, there's two suits in Providence, Rhode Island, if anyone finds them. If anyone does, please return them to Rob Ninkovich. He needs one. They're in a nice bag. We'll see you tomorrow. First take starts now. Nice suits, too. Man.